We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Max Scherzer is out six to eight weeks. We'll talk about uh, the implications of that. We're going to discuss how to do well in overall contests and look at a quick look at this week's waiver wire. Get a first look at that. This on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast with Kevin Hastings from the On the Wire Podcast and Pitcher List Network. Coming up next. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. Here, as always, uh, talking with great guests in our fa- awesome fantasy community. Today I get Kevin Hastings. He has won the TGFBI overall contest before. He's doing really well in the draft champions format, and he hosts a podcast, the On The Wire Pod with Adam Howe on the Pitcher List Network. Uh, you guys can check that all out on the wi- at On The Wire Pod. Follow Kevin at Hastings Kevin and Adam Howe at, at 80 Grade. Kevin, welcome to the show. How's it going? Oh, it's going great, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. No problem. Not going great if you have Max Scherzer. Uh, they just announced right before we started, like literally like a minute before, that he's going to be out six to eight weeks with a moderate to high degree oblique strain. Went from, oh, hurt a little hurt on the side. At least he caught it early to six to eight weeks. That's not catching it early. That's That's about as bad as it gets for an oblique injury. Yeah, I was just reading earlier some speculation. It may be mild. He was pointing to his side when he asked to come out of the game and maybe three weeks if it's more severe, three to five. And now we're hit with six to eight. Yeah, uh, as bad as it gets. And, you know, he's not on the IL yet. No, he's definitely down. They're down McGill. They're down DeGrom. You know, it's David Peterson. It's Trevor Williams. You know, it's... Trevor Williams has a two-step next week, too. But guess what? It's at the Giants and home against the Phillies. I'm not sure I want that that heat. Right. Absolutely. I was digging into David Peterson, who he, he's got his innings built up. He's even had a couple of spot starts with the Mets this season and, and went at least five innings in his last two starts for the Mets and last two at Syracuse. But the, the walks are still an issue. Everything else looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, not a big, you know, Trevor Williams, he, you know, He's one of those guys we that was at the flashpoint. Can pitchers control the the like contact against him? Can they induce weak contact? Because he's not going to be a guy that dominates otherwise. But maybe you know he can induce that weak contact. Yeah, it's that that schedule you brought up though. Next week, it's that's 
concerning with uh, yep. the contact pitcher that like him. Yeah, it is. So Peterson, uh, are you going to be rec- – and I know you're you're prepping. You're digging into him now, I'm gonna tr- but I'm trying to get a foretaste of the feast to come. Uh, are you going to be recommending a pretty aggressive bid on Peterson? I think so. The, like I said, the walks are an issue, but the mm-hmm. innings are built up, and, and the last four starts combined between uh, AAA and with the Mets, uh, the strikeouts have been up better than they were earlier in the season. So – yeah, I, I think his whip isn't high for the issue right. that the walks have been because he's only allowing a 191 batting average at the MLB level this season. So it, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, so it'll be uh, one of those where I'm, you know, I, I'm going to be looking because we always need starters. We always need starters on good teams. You get to miss out on Coors Field at least this weekend. So you got that going for you. Uh, but yeah, big news right off the top there. I assume like in fab leagues, like the main event, like the online championship, you're still holding on to Scherzer and just waiting, waiting this out, right? Yeah. At this point in the season, it, as soon as you hear about a setback, then I would reevaluate, but eight weeks, that's still, you know, shortly after the all-star break, uh, which is uh, approaching rather quickly it just seems like the season just started yesterday but we're six to seven weeks in so yeah i i think so until we hear any bad news of a setback i we got to hold scherzer for now if you can it, it can get tight in some leagues yeah uh stashing season begins on draft day for some people if you had to grom if you had tatis if you you know and you you're trying to th- figure out do i stash or not do i hold on or not you know people got put to the test with Eloy Jimenez earlier. I held on to Eloy. I don't know what other people have done, uh, but you know, those roster spots have a lot of value. You only get seven reserve spots and you're trying to find the right matchups, trying to be able to you know maximize number at bats with the, the, the split week with the four and three, you know, you, you know, the Monday through Thursday lineup, you're trying to get those four games if you can, as best you can, or at least three, you don't get stuck with the two except for stars. Uh, but it's hard to do that when you're stashing an injured player or two or, or a prospect for that matter. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I learned the hard way last season was even if everything looks good when you're going into Sunday evening fab and you think you have everything worked out and it's great to start the week, when, when things happen Monday through Thursday in the NFBC format, you really need some backup hitters hopefully with multi-positional eligibility that to help cover yourself for the weekend. So I, I really try to use most of my spots for, for those types of players. I don't have a whole lot of backup pitchers. Um, Once we get those taken care of Sunday night, we're setting them for the week on Monday. So I I try to have most of my bench with hitters um, is like I said, I learned that a little bit the hard way. Yeah. Uh, So is that a, that's that an approach you did? When you won TGFBI? Uh, with TGFBI, the biggest thing for me that season was I, I purposely went into the season being much more aggressive with my drops, right? Okay. And like we're talking about Max Scherzer right now, that was an easy drop in 2020 with the shortened season. Sure. Uh, and I've tried to continue that, and I didn't do as well at that last season as I had hoped. 
Carlos Carrasco comes to mind. I held him way too long. They kept telling us this is going to be another week or two. We ended up being months. And so that was the biggest thing I learned um, in 2020. But yes, that is what I'm trying to do. Okay. Very good. Um, how many NFBC contests are you playing? I, I see you have multiple draft champions entries. Are you playing the main? Are you playing the online championship? I did not do either the main or the online championship this season. Okay. It's my second season in the auction championship. I prefer auctions, so I do that instead of the main event. Yep. And uh, I believe I have four draft champions teams. I do have uh, three... 12 team leagues with online rotowire online championship rules. Those are our on the wire listener leagues. Okay. And then I am in TGFBI, of course, again, and uh, the Texas region of the Earth Leagues, TARF. Okay. Which cool. is a 15 team league similar to the main event. I'm doing SCARF, uh, which opened up this year for the first time. Uh, so we're all part of the, that, that same network there. You know, I, the draft champions format, you've got a team that's third overall in the draft champions right now. I've struggled with that format over the years. Um, often it's one of my first drafts, uh, and that might be part of the problem, that I'm not doing some of the rapid draft champions leagues that people do in late February, early March. Uh, so sometimes, you know, you know, maybe that's something to do with it. I don't have my guys necessarily then. I'm still getting a good feel for the draft. Well, I use that sometimes as like my way of kind of wading in. Maybe I should wait a little bit i really enjoy the early ones uh the the team i have now that you mentioned that's uh currently third overall fortunately uh was drafted in early november oh wow uh, like really early then not even yes. like late december early january early but november wow right and, and the one draft champions league that i have won in the past that was done in december so i don't know if that's a fluke or if it has to do with uh, no ADP or, yeah. you know, all you can get a lot of value drafting early. I know some players don't like it because they want to wait till there's more information and the injuries. That's always that the debate. Up. Yeah, that's, right. that's absolutely. Yeah, but I have fortunately have have done fairly well with the, the drafts that we do uh, right after the previous season ends. Okay, so what what in particular are you good at when you do these early drafts i think part of it is i like to wait at least a little bit on pitching anyway and that's easier to do the earlier you draft because we all know how much pitching starting pitching especially and even uh, closers this past season get pushed up uh the further into draft season we get and i like to grab hitters early and that's much easier to do and still get some of the pitchers you like um, the, the earlier you draft. Yep. Uh, I think that's true. I think that's absolutely true. So, um, yeah, it's fun, fun to kind of see the different builds, fun to have the debate on when to draft and all that. Uh, but, yeah, that Scherzer news, that's, that's the big one that uh, got, got a lot of people. Do you have any Scherzer in your life? Do you have to make any hard decisions? Very little. Uh, if so, I think it's in uh, a couple of my keeper leagues where we have unlimited IL spots. So I don't think I have them in any of my uh, NFBC leagues. Okay, good. Uh, Bryce Harper out of the lineup again today. It was supposed to be two days. 
Then is three. Now it's today as well. Uh, he's missed this entire series against the Padres. Maybe he pinch hits. I don't know. But that game's ongoing. It's 2 nothing uh, Padres in the fifth in that one there. But, uh, you know, I, 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 if you have Harper anywhere, you've been loving life. You've been, he's been great. But this, this area is kind of troublesome now. Because uh, you know he's going to be dealing with this all season long. Yeah, I'm really hoping that this delays just a, a little – after effect of the injection he got this past weekend and that they just leave him at dh uh don't try to push it he, don't get right. him on a throwing program too early just leave him in that dh spot and and let him roll keep doing what he's been doing so far this year fred zinke asked me on the tuesday podcast uh when, keep in mind tuesday was supposed to be an off day for him anyhow uh, so we've had, you know, more knowledge now, but he was asking me like some trade op possibilities. Would you, would you, or would you not trade Harper just accounting for the risk and dealing with that there? Would you trade, would you accept Vlad Guerrero Jr. for Harper, for instance? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, uh, I think I would. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I, and my, I was a little bit more strident on Tuesday. I was like, ah, no, I don't think so. Now I'm, uh, I, I, I'm a little bit more uh, conflicted on this one here. It's four days. We don't have, it's kind of open-ended now a little bit. So I, I, I'm searching under Yahoo, by the way, to see like what trades have been done with Harper. Cause I always kind of like seeing that a little bit to see what's happened. Been 25 day, trades uh, just yesterday alone. Uh, and some, a lot of straight up trades on him. It looks like it's the same trade over and over again. Actually, I'm seeing a lot of Randy or Rosarena that, that must be like a, you know, some other sort of, I don't know. It seems like that must be just a, a, a mistake. Cause I think it keeps on, keeps listing the same trade over and over again. So that must be one of those where it got reversed or something like that, or some sort of keeper aspect to it there. But anyhow, I'm curious to see, usually on Yahoo, you can see some trades that have been made and you get some pretty good information. Not so much on this, my search today. So that was a bust. I probably should have done that ahead of time to find out what it was going to be, but total bust in trying to get any information on that. Uh, I guess you have to look more towards like ADP and things like that. Uh, it's like, what's like the the lowest that you would accept for Harper right now if you had him? I think that's more the better question. Uh, I, I still think it's got to be one of those first round players like Vlad that you mentioned. Uh, I wouldn't go much lower than that. I Like I said, at least yet. Uh, it's been four days. Uh, he had the, the injection and hopefully he's back in there this weekend and we'll see him picking up right where he left off. Kyle Tucker for Harper. Who says no? I think I say no. And, and, and the, the draft champions team you mentioned, I, Bryce Harper was my first round pick. I uh, was picking out of the 13 spot and, uh, so I'm a little biased here and maybe a little hopeful, but uh, I'm holding out that hope at the moment, at least. Yeah, I am too. But I, I, I just, I have to worry about that just a little bit there. Uh, just the fact that, you know, he has this and it could be something that could last forever uh, for at least for the rest of the season. If they, some, if they do fall off, that that's a problem long-term there that they could do a whole lot with that. But a uh, couple other guys I wanted to talk, uh, talk about here. Uh on the Twins, Carlos Correa is back. They sent down Royce Lewis. I think Lewis comes back in a couple of weeks. Uh, what's your take on the Twins situation? 
I think Lewis comes back as well. Uh, we know he can play multiple positions, and he's he's such a great athlete and was performing so well. I was kind of surprised Miranda wasn't the guy they sent down, uh, not performing as well as Royce Lewis has been, especially over the past few days. Uh, but I agree. I think we see him back pretty quickly. Yeah, I think the reason they sent him down was so he could get more used to playing other positions. I, I almost think that it was not at all based on merit is more based on, okay, well, we, where are we, what's our plan for him? He's ready now. Uh, whereas Miranda, when they send him down, it'll be like Kirilov. It'll be down for a while. Yeah. And as, as much as we kind of think, Oh, it's, it's been such a long time and taken so long for Royce Lewis to, to get to this point. He, he missed nearly two full seasons between injury and the 2020, not having a minor league season. So he's really not that far behind if you if you really take that all into consideration. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right about that. Uh, pretty awesome uh, to see him kind of bounce back when so many other prospects have struggled. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple of them are coming around. Bobby Witt Jr. is coming around a little bit. Yep. Had, had his fourth home run, I believe, yesterday. Uh, he's stealing bases and... You know, Kelnick getting sent down, I still like him a lot. It just mm -hmm. seems like, especially after that September, I thought he was past all of that. It's it we just don't know with these these guys. And it's we they all seem to have struggled a little bit, even Franco when he first came up last season. Uh so you know, that's that's part of the reason I typically don't go overboard on bidding for them in fab when they come up. I put my bids in the keep your honest bids, but yep. I'm really not counting on them doing too much, at least right away. Yeah. And there's been some opportunities. Were you in on the George Kirby sweepstakes? Uh, if you consider less than a triple digit bid being in, which had absolutely no chance, then I was in. <laughs> That's the, uh, the, the pauper's version of keep them honest, keep them semi-honest <laughs> right? Uh, that there. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can see that. You know, I, I did get Kirby and uh, yogurt in TGFBI. Uh, that's the one place I did get him. I had a kind of an acute need for starting pitching, although he gets the Red Sox tonight. And we've seen the Red Sox wake up uh, this week, uh, pounded uh, Luis Garcia yesterday. That, that was unfortunate. I have a lot of Luis Garcia in my life. Um, so I did not like seeing that whatsoever, but uh, otherwise, but if you, you're on the Red Sox. You do like seeing them wake up a little bit. They they did so last week too. They they got to the Rangers a couple of times too. They got to Urquidy as well. That just kind of got overshadowed by the fact that Eovaldi gave up nine runs in the first. Uh, the yep. Red Sox got to Urquidy pretty pretty well. I have I have Urquidy in a couple. He's twelve hits in that game. Probably the, one of the worst wins a pitcher will get this year. But <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, when uh, the five homers against Evaldi in the second inning there by the Astros was pretty incredible. 14 on the year now for him. Yeah, and it was – I have Evaldi on a few spots, and it was I, – I was looking forward to it. You know, you say the Red Sox have waking up, and they've done that a couple times, been up and down, but it seems like there's been – uh, more downs, and why did I say the Red Sox? He's pitching for the Red Sox. Uh, yeah. But the same can be said for the Astros. We've seen them struggle at times more so than we would typically think that lineup should. And I, I was I was excited about that start, and uh, it, it went poorly really quick. Yep, it definitely went south fast. Uh, but <laughs> uh, then Nick Pavetta yesterday bounces back and throws a complete game. 
Uh, and he had been struggling earlier. Yeah, I I missed out on Nick Pavetta, at, if you call it missing out. I, I was interested. It just seemed like he was going just a little earlier than I was willing to pull the trigger during draft mm-hmm. season. Uh, but that that was nice to see. I, I like seeing that out of Pavetta. He's, he's one of those guys that's pretty easy to root for. Yeah, uh, I was against him. I did not have him anywhere. Um, and then I heard after the fact, like I heard, I didn't hear until after the season started that Phil DeSoe was all over Pivet. I'm like, oh, maybe I should have been paying a little closer attention to these draft results. But, you know, it's funny. I'm piped into our community, and yet there's so much information out there that I miss things still. It's it's crazy. Yeah, there, there's just so much available. There, I, I try to absorb as much of it as I can, but uh, there's easily tons of things that that i miss yeah absolutely uh one thing you're not gonna miss hopefully is the note from our friends at the blue wire network we host all of our podcasts on the blue wire network here's a couple ads real quick we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And thank you for indulging us on that. Uh, we appreciate the Blue Wire Network for hosting the Roto- all of RotoWire's podcast. Uh, I'm Jeff Erickson. I'm here with Kevin Hastings. You can catch Kevin, Kevin on Twitter at uh, catch catch him at Hastings Kevin. Uh, you can catch him on the On the Wire Pod on uh, on the Pitcher List Network of podcasts uh, and a lot and an accompanying article over at Pitcher List as well. Uh, let's take a look at a couple of the other uh, situations going here. I want to kind of look at your team a little bit more, actually. The uh, Draft Champions League that is doing so well. You have you Harper and Judge. That. 
that's a good start to any day there. I, I'd say that's a pretty darn re- good reason why you're doing so well. Gene Segura, though, is I think like a hidden hero on your team. Six homers, five stolen bases, 297 batting average. Pretty sweet all-around production from him. Yeah, uh, him and Josh Naylor, even much later, are the two. I, I can't wait for Naylor to come back. It sounds like he's coming back Friday. But yeah, Segura I have on several of my teams. I think I ended up with 14 total NFBC teams, half of them being fab leagues mm-hmm. um, of, of the different leagues we were talking about earlier. Uh, the, the power is... A little bit of a surprise. Wasn't expecting that much, but I'm I'm just happy he is uh, on pace for 20 or so stolen bases. That's what I was looking for out of him. Yeah, that's that's really nice. And I see you started off, you know, Harper, Devers, and Judge. That's you, like you said, you're pushing back pitching, and you hit on all three of those so far. 15 teamer or 12? Uh 15. Nice. That's a that's a sweet start then uh, to, for that to work out. How'd you tackle pitching then? Well, I right in between there in the third round, uh snagged Max Freed, which has worked out pretty well in spite of Kenley yeah. Jansen blowing his wind for him yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh and uh all throughout draft season, I was pretty high on relievers in fact this is probably the latest i took my first reliever and so far it's a bust that was will smith in the fifth round i did not take yeah i didn't take my second starting pitcher until the eighth uh pablo lopez uh that's working out pretty well only yeah when pablo lopez is an eighth round pick that that that's pretty sweet that works out pretty well for you there i was worried about pablo lopez because you know the shoulder issues last year uh, I, I've, I've already taken my L on that. It's, it's Pablo Opez. As far as I'm concerned, there's no L for him. Yeah. Uh, hopefully there's no issues there. I haven't heard anything negative, uh, health wise coming out of only going three innings last night. So I, I think that was just, uh, the way the game was going. So hopefully he's fine. Um, my third starter with Framber Valdez working out pretty well so far and gotten but the strikeouts have been there in his last couple of starts that we weren't seeing early in the season um and yeah i i it, a lot of it's luck you know mm-hmm. as well um especially with you know max free i i was probably i don't remember it was early november but when i'm looking at the draft board i was probably hoping aaron nola was going to fall to me there uh, he went four picks earlier, uh, but I, I do have Freed on several teams. I was pretty high on him. Uh, Drew Rasmussen has been great for getting him in the 18th round. And the saving grace for this team is the third reliever I took in the 20th round, Taylor Rogers. Uh, I was hoping he would be the the main guy for the Twins, but it could not have worked out any better than him ending up in San Diego as the guy. Yeah, because you know Minnesota doesn't have a main guy. That's not Rocco right. Baldelli's way. And to go to a team with Bob Melvin running running things, it's a little bit different. He likes to have a guy, and it, it's, it's certainly worked out. And that was one of those under the radar trade. I mean, it wasn't under the radar in our community, but uh, you know, a, a trade that happened right before opening day too. And we, we're, we're kind of guessing to see if San Diego was given the full-time job where they're going to split it, but man, it worked out. It couldn't have worked out any better. 
No, not at all. And, and I'm still holding on hope that it works in the other direction for me as well. I'm still holding Pagan in a few leagues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you draft differently in an overall contest? Like, say, on the relievers, do you push closers up a little bit? You said that you did a little bit here, you know, going to get Will Smith, going to get Barlow, and going to get Rogers. Typically, you know, compare that, say, like, versus like a home league or, or like TARF. Are you going to draft? closers a little earlier well i guess tarf is also there's an overall contest this year so maybe that's a bad question but uh what do you do differently no uh as as the season draft season went on i i was more and more into closers even earlier and and in mm -hmm. fact i had already formed that opinion when this draft took place i have either hendrix or hater on most of my teams uh, but drafting in the 13 spot that uh, was pushing them up a little too far for my taste because you had to take them in the second round there, the 18th overall pick to get them. Uh, right. But in leagues where I was drafting earlier in the first, so I had a, a mid to late round second round pick, I was grabbing either Hendricks or, or uh hater everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and hater has worked out famously with Hendricks where the verdict's still out a little bit, but you know, it's also still middle of May. Things can change. I mean, at least Hendricks has a bunch of saves where he just had a couple of high profile blowups, had that bad back for a while. Yeah. And the, the five save week, I think that was last week was, was great. And, and then had the blow up. I'm like, can't really blame him. They, they've been using him a lot. So, right. And what I'm drafting him for the saves that my, thought process on these guys and it, the same reason that that I drafted catchers early in most leagues relievers and catchers was it frees up starting lineup spots for starting pitchers and and hitters that may be platooning because I my advantage is I only need two relievers if they're good ones and I can, if I'm getting a lot of at bats and plate appearances from my catchers, that frees up a little bit because that was the talk all through draft season. It's it's been the talk for a couple of years now. We know Phil DeSoe last year. That was one of his main points was maximizing at bats, maximizing innings pitched, and, and of course we need them to be good ones. Uh, and uh, DVR when he was on on the wire pod last year said it exactly the way i feel he said i think i am really paying attention to my plate appearances and my innings pitched but i'm still not doing it enough and mm -hmm. and so my philosophy was relievers early and catchers early would help me do that throughout the season um try to maximize the four day four day weeks the first half of the week for teams sit even not my elite elite superstars but even really good players in a two-game week uh i'm sitting them if i have somebody playing four games that first half yeah uh often free agent and you write the on the wire you do the on, on the wire podcast you write a fab article uh early in the season the general philosophy for most people is just accumulate talent don't focus so much on need when does that fulcrum switch a little bit there where you start looking a little bit more towards categories in your own league and or the overall contest that you're playing in. 
Uh, I started looking at categories after about a month. So two to three weeks ago. Um, I, okay. I know some people don't focus on that as early, but, and, and, you know, a lot of categories are still bunched up. Those aren't the ones I'm worried about, but if I'm really falling behind, I, I want to go ahead and try to address that now before I get too far behind. So I do pay attention. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's, I think it's tough to, to get a, a take on that. Some people say, well, I don't look at standings until six weeks in and all that. I'll be honest. I look the first week. I mean, I'm looking <laughs> at my live scoring. I, first of all, I can't help it. Well, I, I, live scoring is an addiction for me and it's probably something I should probably stop. But um, <laughs> I look at that and the NFPC pages have the standings right next to it. I'm like, it's right yep. there. How am I not going to look and when you're watching games, that's fun. And that's yep. what we're doing this for. Fantasy baseball is fun. So, yep. yeah, I start looking at live scoring the first weekend. Absolutely. Judge judge just homer. And how much am I going up because of that? I want to see that green arrow up. Uh, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so addicting. It's so bad. Um, I see that. And I, I'm making the case for not looking at it apparently right now. But at the same time, you want to be aware also of what you're doing, too. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things you got to be paying close attention to is knowing exactly uh, what your players are doing, know, knowing when they're not playing that frequently or if they're struggling in a big way, uh, you know, if they're striking out a ton, especially. I think that's these are all things you got to be aware of, at least. Yeah. And we were just talking about there, there's so much information that it can be difficult to absorb it all. Sometimes I don't even realize a guy wasn't in the lineup until I'm looking at the live scoring. And then, oh, do I need, is there something more I need to look into? Or is it just a, a regular day off? And I may not have even seen it otherwise until it's too late. Yep, it is. Um, you did a uh, auction, you know, talking about early drafts, and I'm coming all over the place, pardon with me, that you did an auction at First Pitch Arizona uh, where I was the auctioneer, and that was fun to see you uh, at work on that. How's that team doing? Uh, second place at the moment, I believe, last time I looked. Yeah, okay. You know, don't look at the standings, but I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have checked it out. Uh, uh, I like the team. It's doing pretty well. Uh, Lucas Beery is – trying to run away with it he's got a pretty good lead on the rest of us but uh we'll, we'll see what we can do all right good 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 i just i, I how many uh, early drafts do you think you do do you do uh i know you said that your, your draft champion is one that's doing so well as early i like what rough roughly what percentage of your leagues is early are early um all of my draft champions would be considered early. I think probably the latest one was in January. Uh, I don't do multiple drafts at a, a time typically, okay. uh, but I usually start one right after one finishes. So for November and the first half of December, I pretty much have a draft going. Uh, typically take a couple weeks off right before the holidays and then pick back up uh, right, right after and get back at it. But once I start doing, um, fab drafts and live drafts, uh, then, then I don't do any more draft champions. I used to really like the draft champions express that, mm -hmm. that people do late. Uh, but, uh, as, as I've gotten into more and more leagues over the last couple of years, I, I just don't have the, the time to fit those in any longer. 
Sure. Um, that makes sense. Uh, I think you made a good point about only having one going at a time. Some people multi-table, you know, use a poker reference there, uh, are, do that well. I did that. I tried to do that this year at the NFBC 50s. I think I had three of them going on at once. Don't recommend that, uh, especially because I was traveling. Went to an NFL playoff game that weekend, and I'm like trying to preset my picks in three different leagues and make sure my phone's not dead so I can make the next pick and all that didn't really work out so well. But hence, I bought a phone, a portable charger after that. So I <laughs> right. learned my lesson there for uh, that. But uh, I, it is hard to stay on top of things and you kind of lose track of which league you've got certain aspects going on. Right. Absolutely. I did have some overlap, uh, especially when we did the on the wire listener league. Sometimes I already had a, a DC going at the time and yeah, it's, I lose, I lose track of which draft is which even just with two of them going. So, um, fortunately they were, they're, they're all slow drafts. So I can try to try to get my bearings, but it's, it's, it's too much for me, especially when, you know, I, I, I work, I have a job and I, uh, I bartend at a restaurant. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And so I really try to have a queue loaded up and go on auto when I go to work, even in those slow drafts, I try not to eat up too much time. Sometimes I don't hit save when I hit auto and, and, right. and, and I'll end up timing out. Luckily, usually I do have that queue loaded up, but uh, that's really difficult to manage that aspect of it. If you got too many going at once. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Who's your most rostered player? Hey, Song Kim. Ah, that that's, and those are all a lot of early drafts too, or you're drafting Kim, I'm guessing, right? Right. He was the, and I still think he can be a better hitter average wise than we have seen um, holding out hope anyway. And as late as he was available, uh, especially in early draft champions. And then even in, he, he was my last or second to last round pick in, in many fab leagues that he, he's one of those multi-position eligibility guys. Even if he's not in my starting lineup on Monday, I, I have that security of having him for the weekend if I need him. Yeah. Uh, I think once Tatis comes back, he'll probably, his playing time is going to dry up, but for now he's getting lots of playing time. They sent down CJ Abrams. So you know that he's going to get the, get the run of playing time. Hopefully the counting stats have uh, come up. Uh, Who's one that you got that got away guy that you probably wanted more of and just didn't, didn't get, or didn't get it, you know, didn't get enough of, or didn't get it at all. Uh, who, who's, who's someone that got away from you this year? Uh, as a Royals fan, in, in spite of his slow start, uh, Bobby Witt Jr.'s coming around. I, yeah. I was, I was drafting him late last season. And I still think if the Royals hadn't completely collapsed after their, their hot start, we might've seen him last season. But uh, as he starts to heat up and as fun as he is to watch, I, I wish I had him on more teams. Yeah. He is starting to heat up. He had a bomb the other day, like, you know, looking forward to that hard contact, seeing a lot more of that. The Royals are interesting because, you know, they called up Melendez. At first, they weren't playing him every day. Now that Salvi's on the IL, they're kind of forced to play him a little bit more often. Uh, they they haven't called up either first base prospect. They still are insistent on not doing that yet. But uh, they've got all this young talent. It hasn't quite gelled, though. No, and, and some of these guys that I thought would be better, I thought their lineup would be better, whether the wins came or not. 
Uh, I thought it'd be better than it has been so far. And, and that could change as, as the sure. weather heats up. I, I, I really think, I, I don't know if you wanted to get into this today, but I really think, uh, especially in areas like Kansas City, as the weather heats up, we're going to see less of effect of the, the, the balls with the humidors. Yeah. Uh, I think their intended purpose was for what's going to be happening as we get into the, the, the hotter months and the, what happened in April and the first half of May in, in those types of parks, St. Louis, Kansas city, even, even, you know, when it gets hot and humid up in the, uh, some of the, uh, stadiums on the East coast, I think that's where we're going to see, uh, the ball start traveling a little better. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. And I think we've started to see that maybe a little bit already. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Royals yesterday. I mean, those were crush jobs and they didn't, they didn't get stifled at all. So hopefully you're right about that uh, because I really need, I, I, you know, we don't have to have happy fun ball, but we could have happy fun ball and I'd still be okay with that. But anyways, uh, so you guys do the on the wire podcast. You and Adam do that. You've been doing it. Start. You started last season, correct? Correct. And how's that going? Well, how's your process doing the podcast? Does, how, how does Adam generate the topics? Do you generate the topics? How do, do you guys have, what's your collaborative process with that? Well, we, Adam put together a general format that we use each and every week, at least in season. We do our news and notes. Uh, we try to limit that to uh, things that may influence fab decisions coming up for that week. Uh, we do a, a focus topic trying to cater to our, our guests. And I, I have to say that that's been the most amazing part is how generous people like you and others in the industry have been with their time, especially we record late Saturday evening because we're trying to be as up to date as possible right. when, it, when it comes out early Sunday morning. And Everybody has been so gracious with, with their time and, and coming on the show. And we can't thank all of you enough for that. And so we try to focus our, our the focus topic on, on your specialty, whoever's on our guest that week. And then we get into some player recommendations by category. Uh, Adam put that together. We stick to that pretty well. Adam almost always does the editing to get it all out by 1 a.m. on Sunday morning. He's... Wow awesome at that and and so yeah it's it's been going great we we can't thank everybody enough for listening and and coming on the show as guests do you find that you are better in fab because you do this podcast and article yes it forces me to start earlier in the week i always said i would and i always had good intentions but because of the podcast and the article, I am forced to, to keep track and get things going throughout the week. And it makes it not only much easier come Sunday, but I'm much more prepared. Good. That's good. Uh, do you worry about people stealing players from you in your leagues because your, your stuff's out there? Uh, no. And the reason is, and I, I've talked about this a little bit in the past, is we all have egos. Yeah. Right? So uh, very rarely is there going to be somebody I'm interested that's completely off of everybody else's radar. So if I'm talking about a player, it, it can bring people's attention to it a little bit, I guess. But 
for the most part, it, it, especially in, uh, in, in, in some of the more competitive leagues, I, I, everybody has egos and, and unless they were already on that guy, they're going to say, yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of top prospects have already been uh, called up or, or made the team to begin with. Uh, who's the next George Kirby? Who's the next big target we're going to be looking for to get the call so we can spend tons of our fab money on? Uh, he's he's really young, and I think he's still at double A, but uh, the, the Braves could use an outfielder. I'm really keeping an eye on Michael Harris, who's tearing yeah. it up. Um, I, I you know, They did it with Acuna. They did it with Albies. I they may even try to sign him long-term like they did with those guys, but I wouldn't put it past the Braves. Uh, they could use an outfielder. All right, Michael Harris, that's the guy we're watching there. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, you're right. They could use an outfielder. Travis Demerit is uh, getting a lot of run right now. and I actually Adam Duvall has played center field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam Duvall is not a bad outfielder. He's just not a center fielder. Yeah, Right, exactly. exactly. So that's that's great stuff. Uh, so you've got the on the wire pod. It comes out on Sundays. You record Saturday night. The article comes up on Sundays as well. Uh, anything else you want people to know about? Uh, that's about it. We really enjoy it. Uh, things are going awesome uh, over at pitcherlist.com. That's where you can find both the article and yep. and the podcast. And uh, it's such a great group of guys. Can't thank Nick enough for the opportunity. Nick Pollock, of course. And yeah, Adam for doing most of the work, the the, the behind the scenes stuff on, on the pod. It's can't thank those guys enough. Everything's awesome. All right. Well, hey, we'll be make sure to guys guys make sure to subscribe to the pod and check out the article. Kevin, I appreciate you spending some time with us today, uh, especially because I kind of whipped it up a little bit of short notice. I appreciate you coming on board with us today. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It's always a blast talking baseball. Yep. Always, indeed. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for today. Two-star starters with Clay and Todd are up tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Take care. <laughs>